Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Teach Golf. I'm your host, Duncan Walger, and uh, I'm going to welcome someone who I was asked to get on the podcast. Um, one of the, some of the feedback I got was, Duncan, enjoying the podcast, but you haven't had any female or lady professionals on so far. So I thought, uh, who do I know? Who, who can I remember spending some times uh, at the swing zone giving free 15-minute golf lessons to Open Championships, someone I've known through social media for a good few years and very, very lucky to have today on the podcast of How I Teach Golf is Denise Hastings. Denise, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks, Duncan. How are you? Really, really well. So, Denise, um, for those listening to the podcast, uh, please tell me a bit about yourself, how you got into the game of golf, what golf was like for you growing up, first of all. Oh, how long have you got? Uh, <laughs> the uh, podcast is yours, so we can go for at least an hour. Okay. Um, well, I came into right. golf uh, in probably a different way to a lot of the guys we've spoken to so far. My, neither my mum or dad played golf, or at that point, anybody in my family. Uh, okay. Coming from Liverpool, I lived near a golf course. It was called Boogle Golf Course. It was municipal. And you could more or less see it from um, see it from one of the bedrooms in our house. And I had to walk past it every day to go to school. So, okay. um, well, I was one of those rebellious children who used to run across the golf course and, and um, not steal golf balls, but try and find them. But had no use for them once I found them. Yeah. And one summer, I was taken down to the putting green. They yeah. a built golf course in those days. There was no driving range as such, but there was a putting green where you hired a putter and a ball, and off you went. Oh, okay. oh I like a bit of this. So, at the age of twelve, I sort of was there all summer. So much so that the, the pro there, the guy at the time, was a guy called Fred Lloyd, who's passed away since. Okay. Said to me, "Do you really want to play this game?" And I said, "Oh yeah." So he said, "Right." Ask your mum for a pound okay. and I'll get you some golf clubs. So I trundled off home, said to my mum, oh, there's this guy, Mr. Lloyd. He said, if I give him a pound, he'll give me some golf clubs. And he, yeah. he said, do you really want to do it? I said, oh, yeah. So off I went down the next day, gave him a pound. And I got, I think, three wooden shafted golf clubs. And yeah. It was, I think it was something like a three wood a uh, seven iron, a pitching wedge, something like that. And I had a putter because at this point, at this point, because I'd been on the putting green a lot, I'd bought a putter. Oh, my okay. mum had bought a putter rather. And off I went really, because um, all the golf balls that I'd found, um, I used to go and bash balls up and down the football field until I was kicked off by the cocky watchman for ruining the goal man. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I got into golf that way. I was fortunate enough to come across uh, a guy who ran the junior section at Bootle Golf Club at the time, a guy called John Mulvey, who was okay. probably, I would say, my first mentor. He was an incredible yep. guy. He played off about two or three, um, and he had all these juniors around him. He was like the Pied Piper, and he was an amazing fella. Um, and over the years we were there as juniors, um, I reckon 
including myself, I guess eight or ten term pro. We had a great section. Well, that's a big number, isn't it? Out of a out of a junior section from one club. Oh, absolutely! And the fact that it was a municipal as well. You know, yeah. we used to have matches because John was really sort of really really bright guy, and he got in touch with people like Wallacey and Hillside, and yeah. we play matches yeah. against them. So we, you know, we're a bunch of muni kids going off to these park places and <laughs> um, <I'm> beating them, <laughs> which was brilliant, wow. really. So what age did you turn pro? What was the what was your route into okay, the PGA? Okay, so my route into the PGA was I um, I was fortunate enough to join a golf club called West Lanks, which is a superb golf course, and I then um, got got Lancashire coaching was was looked after by a lady called Frances Bunty Smith, who was at the time she was an England selector. She won the uh-huh. British Open. She was an amazing woman. And her, 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 um, there's a massive painting of her still to this day at Royal, at Royal Birkdale. Uh, so she was okay. awesome. So I did the, the normal stuff, played for the county and all that. And, and fortunately met an awful lot of people who are still my good friends, such as Maxine Burton. And the, the tour started in 79 and in 19... 19- 78, we were all asked, would we like to turn pro? And it was like, well, we've been playing amateur golf since we were, you know, 14, 15. Why not? We took the plunge. Uh, The money was there. Carlsberg was the main sponsor. Um, And we played for £100,000 that year. That was total purse. Okay. Which is absolutely peanuts now for what... It, the, yeah. you know the boys and girls play for um and it was it was just such a learning curve because one day we're amateurs all playing off you know anything from two to plus two we're golf pros mm-hmm. you know and, and there's no different we just woke up the next day and we're not amateurs anymore <laughs> uh, we had no benchmarks we just went out and played golf and it was great fun it was hard because we were yeah. virtually nothing in, in you know when you look at what they're doing today Carlsberg events where the winner got 200 pounds I think the total pace for the the three or four days was two grand so that's how the European tour started and I yeah. I was real lucky to be at the right place right time and I wasn't by any stretch of the imagination successful but I really enjoyed it and then coming to the end of that, it was like, you know, I've done eight years. I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm, my sponsor pulled out on me and said, look, I'm not doing this because we don't like you, but you've got to make a decision what you want to do. And you're clearly not as successful as you want to be or we want you to be. So that was a real tough one, you know. Mm. Um, and fortunately, we were playing at, uh, I think we had a ton of Stoke Park, whilst as yeah. it was, Max said to me, yeah. Vivian Saunders is looking for someone to go and work with her at Abbotsley. And I said, Where's Abbotsley? She's from Cambridge, yeah. I think. She said, Why didn't you have a word with her? Well, it was easy to talk to Viv because she was one of my coaches on England, England coaching as a kid. So I 
I believe you're looking for him. And she said, yeah, you'd be perfect. Come down and have a look. I said, are you sure? She said, yeah, yeah, come on. So sort of that would be September time. And I'd be 77, 78, something like that. And down yeah. to Abbasley, had a look, had a think about it, went back, spoke to my parents. And my mum said, well, you know, you, your heart's engulfed. Just do it. If it doesn't work, it knows come home. So pack my yep. bag, pack, pack the car up. And in November of that, that year, so that'd be 87, um, I started working for Vivian and it was... It was just unreal. I mean, it was such so different from being on tour, <laughs> with bakeries yeah. and things like that. But Vivian was a master at getting people better. I don't know how she did it at the time. Um, she was just just amazing. And uh, and I decided, I thought, right, I'm going to stick to her like glue because the woman certainly has the Midas touch as well as superb knowledge on the golf swing. I watched, I reckon, yeah. for the first 18 months I worked for her, I watched her do every clinic. And I became a bit mini-me because that yeah. was the way, that was the only way I knew. And then, obviously, then went through went through the PGA and realised there was a bit more to it than how she did it. And I wanted to not be her, in her shed. I wanted to do it for myself. So yeah. um started doing golf schools as my first, sort of thing of doing golf schools was working at Abbasley, working with her, then doing my own weekend schools. And then I got an, the offer of a job uh, in Kent. Um, okay. The Jenny Lee Smith Golf Centre against Jenny, who I knew from tour. She'd given up. She'd started to have babies and her husband had built this driving range. So she said, why don't you come down? So I went down. I was there for a year. And that was like, uh -huh. I didn't want to go because it broke my heart to leave Abbasley, really. Because I felt yeah. that was my second home. Um, but I needed to stand on my own two feet and be a big girl and see if I could do it on my own. And yeah. it was hard because I had a house in Bedford and I was com commuting to Kent. But I did it for a year and I worked alongside a guy called Andy Trainer, who now is out in yeah. the States doing... Well, you know Andy, don't you? Yeah. I know Andy very well, yeah, he's Andy out in worked together for 18 months or so and I think we both left yeah. similar times he went off to be a head pro somewhere else and I went back to Cambridge and we had, a, we had a great time we learned a lot from one another and worked well and then well then I moved back to Cambridge um, yeah. and I got the I got a job at Kingsway Golf Centre which was a brand new state of the art driving range so different from Abbotsley and but quite similar to the JLS really to be fair and the guy that yeah. owned it he said to me he described it as a sausage factory he said you, do, <laughs> he says, you get them in you get them out you get them on the golf course you give them six lessons it costs this blah de blah de blah off you go and I'm going oh I'm not sure whether I can quite teach quite like that but you know I'll give it a go and in the end you know, we we did our own thing, and he wanted to tell us how to teach, and yet he was like a fifteen handicapper. But okay. um, I worked with a, a couple of really good pros there, and we ended up being silly busy. I mean, really silly busy. Um, well, now then, or sorry, that's not where you well, are now. I though. actually still do two days there. 
Um, okay. I went uh, sort of back and forward to to obviously Vivian wanted me to go back and do the schools with her. Uh, did that for a yeah. while, and uh, but I still went back to Kingsway for a couple of days, and then one of my assistants who while I was at Kingsway, a guy called Garant Dixon, he um, he got the job at Bedfordshire Golf Club. And said to me, why yeah. don't you come and teach here? So I went, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, why not? Let's let's do it. So I went, I've been over it. I've been at Bedfordshire Golf Club now probably about seven or eight years working there Brilliant. with him and there's three other golf pros. And yeah. Uh, times have changed so much, but it it's been it's been one hell of a road. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I always enjoy being in your company and 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 kind of hearing your story and hearing your journey of of of, of, of coming through. And like you said at the start of the Ladies European Tour and uh, and, and that kind of thing. But have you found it or how difficult have you found it if I'm allowed to be really blunt and saying, you know, being in a kind of a men's world, starting all that sort of stuff out or being, were you like the first female golf professional at uh, any of your, at the at Kingsway and then at Bedfordshire and that sort of stuff? How's, how's, how's that worked for you? How's that worked out? Oh for you? yeah. Um, yeah, definitely being, being a woman in a man's world is tough and in sport definitely um i'm i'm quite lucky i'm i'm a fairly strong person i think and i've taken quite a few knocks um yeah. but yeah it's it's just it's almost like you need to gain respect you know you need to mm. someone needs to have a lesson and go ah actually she's all right but for anyone yeah. for other people to go oh okay then so in the early days it was it was a lot harder than what it is now. I remember being in the in the shop at Kingsway, and um, we were. I was in the shop. I was with another one of my assistants, uh, and we were, we stood there. This guy, and he's a big six foot. Neil Harvey, who's now um, he's got a great job. Uh, we were we stood there in the shop, and this this man came in, and he he immediately spoke to Neil and said. Oh, what about yep. this golf club? What about that golf club? And how much is it to play? And, you know, just all the normal questions. And, and then he asked a few other questions about membership. And he said, well, you better ask my boss. And, he, and this guy said, well, who's your boss? And he sort of pointed at me and he went, you? But you're a... And I said, woman? No. And he went, oh, yes. Well, um, um, and he was a bit sort of taken aback. And that sort of thing happened a couple of times, but it certainly doesn't happen happen like that now because there's in the, there's enough of us, and the likes of Laura has made it, you know, yeah. Laura Davis, yeah, and all the you know Trish Johnson and all the guys that all the girls that have done really well on tours who become household names. So it's made it a little bit easier, I think, for the the girls who who just now teach, as it's you mm -hmm. know we're recognised as actually they're all right. <laughs> yeah well, that's good I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear it I'm glad to hear it so um, Denise tell me about your facility that you teach at most of the time so what 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 have you got there what what's at the facility okay at, at Bedfordshire Golf Club we've got a really good 18 hole golf course um, which is championship length 
they moved there. They they actually was it's like actually quite an old golf club, but they lost the lease on the land due to motorways and things going through. So they rebuilt it out at Stagston, and it's about fifteen years old now, I think. Um, okay. Really nice, really nice golf course. Pretty tough because it's almost like an inland links. It really gets quite windy, and we've got a very very good par three golf course. Um, the only thing it hasn't got, to be fair, are bunkers, but the greens were laid exactly the same as the golf course. And in fact, the last hole is about 280 yards. It's a, it's a, par, it's a par four, really. We've got mm -hmm. a nice short game facility where a couple of really good big bunkers and a big green you can pitch to. A nice, good-sized putting green. And we've got uh, a very good undercover Undercover uh, driving range. We've got an indoor, okay. an indoor bit where we've got a GC two, and we can do club fittings. And you know, if anybody needs to needs any help on the GC two, then it's there. So it's it's a really good facility. Brilliant. What types of lessons do you actually give there? Do you, you know, if um, how would someone uh, get in contact with you? And what's the process of, of when you meet them or do you, do you have a conversation with them before uh, or do they, you know, do they phone the shop and book in your diary and you meet them at the range? What, what kind of happens? Well, it's a little bit of both, really. Some will ring me yeah. direct and say, um, you know, I've, I've been recommended for you to give me some lessons. Um, you know, well, what's, what's the sort of the protocol? And I'll, and I'll then... Well, I've got them on the phone, then I'll ask them a few things about what the golf is, you know, how much they've played, what the problems are, have they had lessons, and get a sort of an idea of what their problems are before we meet them. And, and then others yeah. are, will, you know, just ring up and say, I want a lesson on Wednesday, can Denise do it? And, or mm -hmm. uh, through my website, I'll get emails through my website. And good. social media as well, which is quite good. Uh, you get yeah. odd, not so much, but you do get the odd one through Facebook and, and Twitter, which is which is really good. And then me, I reckon a bit of a jack of all trades. Really, I teach complete beginners to to professionals. So um, the person that's in front of me is the person I'm dealing with at the time. It can be, yeah. it can be a you know a seventy year old lady who can't get it airborne, to um, a young guy who wants to get rid of his hook, you know, yeah. and anything else in between. Brilliant. So I know that you've obviously spoken already to uh, about some of your mentors, whether that be Vivian or, you know, when we, when you worked with Andy and bits and pieces, but. Who would you say have been your biggest influences on your on on your career and and, and especially coming up to date? Uh, I know that you've got some associations of, of 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 people that you've that you've kind of gone and seeked out to learn some some new skills and bits and pieces. So uh, talk a bit oh, about okay. that. Well, when when I came off tour um, for the first sort of year, I don't think I played golf to be honest. Um, I. Yeah. I I played badly and I just couldn't get my head round why it went, you know, one day I can shoot 71, why do I shoot 84? You know, well, where, do yeah. all, where does all that go come from? So I got a little bit fed up and I got 
sort of big into the into the coaching side and then I decided well actually I want to go and have some lessons from different people so okay. I went and had some I went and had some coaching from Alex Hay who also helped me while I was on tour and he was he was brilliant Alex and then yeah. I also went and had um, some help from Tim Barter uh, yes. and and again he said to me why me and I said, because I like what you say. I like what you say on the TV. And he said, well, you might not like what I say to you. I said, no, I know that. But, you know, I explained that. I'm now a, a coach and I want to teach. And I, I, I just want your take on what I'm doing. And he went, well, mm -hmm. great. And so I spent a bit of time with, with Tim. And that that really helped it sort of... It's like you said earlier about being a woman in a man's world. You've got to be better than Joe Pro up the road. So your knowledge has mm -hmm. got to be as good or better than the, yeah. to get a bit of respect. And uh, yeah. oh, it shouldn't be that way, Denise. Unfortunately, it's uh, yeah. that's not real. No, no, but it, unfortunately, that's the way sometimes it comes across. And and in the last five years, I've spent some time with uh, Andy Plummer and Mike Ben yeah. Hill boys and yes. uh, that that's just an incredible learning path um you know it's it, it it's just a different way of seeing things and that's what I like about different people with different ideas is you know I was told uh, at one point you know listen to everything you don't need to, you don't need to use it all you use what you want and disregard the rest. And I think that's probably the way I am with coaching. And like I said a little bit earlier, the, the person in front of me is the person I'm dealing with at the time. And you, you have to deal with them as and, as and then. So, um, yeah, I've, the one thing I do like is watching other pros coach. I've had, yeah. I, I've had that opportunity up at the open, uh, who have yep. it. it's great really you know you're doing your bit but when you've finished i've sort of hung back a bit and watched the likes of of master professional peter ball you watch he pete eyes yeah. a man yeah Pete's brilliant. Uh, how he can get people to do things it's like god why would i never think of that <laughs> <laughs> so um and i've got and i've got no problem if I've got someone who I'm struggling with and it's not, you know, normally the better player, I've got no problem in asking Pete's advice because I think, I think if one thing I've learned, if I don't know, I need to find out. And there's no point, you know, sort of pulling the sheet, pulling the wool over people's eyes because they'll know no. if you don't. Oh, so I would rather go, look, leave it with me. I need to speak to someone and, yeah, I would say Peter is a bit is a mentor, so I'm really lucky yeah. there. Yeah, number one as we yeah. call him. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's great. I hope actually to get Pete on the podcast, but I'm not sure he's he's progressed to a telephone <laughs> yet. So <laughs> we'll see what yeah. we can do. We'll see what we can do. So, what technology do you use, or training aids do you use in your oh. lessons? Um, well, like I said, we've got the GC two, so that really yeah. good uh, but it's really good for the better player i think i think um but then saying that some of them can get bogged down on spin rate and you know yeah. 
get too technical and then they lose that natural ability of being able to just get it around the golf course because they're worrying about this spin and that spin. So yes, we use, I, I'll use that when the necessary necessary video, of course. Um, I use poles, noodles, um, spray paint, um, dry, um, dry, dry uh, shampoo is every bit as good as the uh, the old um, the foot spray. Probably a bit yeah. cheaper. <laughs> um, love chalk, draw lines all over the carpets. Um, yeah, balance <laughs> balance boards like that. To, yeah. you know, work on balance. And especially if someone's in rehab that's had, you know, dodgy knees or hips, then trying to get people uh, people balanced is a big thing. I've got loads of potting ones, um, Phil Kenyon stuff. Um, yeah, I got loads. <laughs> so if you only had a hundred pounds, Denise, what would you what would you first of all spend on setting up an oh, academy? Hundred pounds. Well, like most people, I guess. Um, notebooks and pens. I think that is vital. Um, yeah. I'm fortunate enough. I I do golf schools abroad. Um, one of the things we give to everyone on the golf schools with Tarleton is is a notebook and pen. Um, chalk, mm. poles, spray paint, um, foot spray, noodles, um, and, and ribbon as well. Ribbon. Yes. Yeah. Just to give people like targets and cones, just, I guess just the normal stuff. What most people would say, and you could probably have a fair fair few bob over after that. Yeah, and then we like we say, I think I think most people have come up to about maximum fifty yeah. pounds, <laughs> and then the other fifty pounds we're spending on having a dinner and doing some informal learning with, with maybe Mike and Andy or something oh, like perfect. that. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you're obviously well travelled, and I know you have your your, your kind of uh, golf uh, golf school holidays. Um, do you have a favourite course that you would like to play? And uh, then, secondly, just talk a little bit about your, your 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 golf schools, how they came about, and how often you do those. Because I know during the winter you do obviously a lot more, but. Just, just speak about those if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely, no problem. Um, how it all happened was, I the first couple of golf schools out abroad I did was at La Manga, and it was with Christine Langford, and then working at working with Vivian, we used to get no end of people who used to come back time and time again, and I used to say to her, "Why do these people come back three times a year?" And she said, "Well, they're paying your wages." <laughs> I laughed, <laughs> and she said, "We forget. <laughs> people forget." I went. Okay, how naive am I? So one of these ladies came, and it was a lady called Ray Webster, Dr. Ray Webster. Um, we just got on. And what happened then at the end of that year, it must have been like September, October, she came on one of my weekend schools. Said, okay. Oh, you ought to meet my other half. He's just bought a golf company. He's, he's been in uh, in the car business, and now he's in. he's just bought this this company this travel company so i went yeah 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 because you know you hear stuff like that all the time i'll meet this one meet that one i didn't think anything of it anyway ray corman she said here's brian speak to him so i was like oh. so i spoke to this this guy scottish guy 
And he said, oh, I think we should meet. So we met at a golf club and he told me what he did. I told him what I did. And he said, right, OK, we've got a, our, we're doing a festival in the middle of September to El Miramar. Come out. So I went, oh, OK. So out, had okay. a look at El Miramar. And the first year uh, we did, I did one. I think the first year, so that was the that would be the following sort of March, and then it went from there. Brian and I get on really well. I was doing with with Ray. We um, the year, and then from there on in, it's. I reckon I do 12, 12, 12 yeah, about twelve schools away, mainly Spain and Portugal, but we have gone to America as well and we've also which is really good we come up with this all ladies pro-am so we sat yeah. and he says how can we do this he said how can we make it cheap cheap enough or um and get enough people you know bums on seats so i was thinking so we yeah. come up with this for this formula where the teams of seven so you've got one lady professional and six amateurs so the idea is the pro plays nine holes with each group of three, you know, drop back after nine. And the best four scores out the seven counts. So the pro's not under any any sort of stress to uh, mark a card. Their job when their job is to look after their amateurs. Because to start with, we mainly got all of the, the amateurs. Now we've gone from eight the first year. And I think we had 22 this year, 22 22 yeah. teams. And we've got them coming from Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Holland, Scotland, That's Ireland. Fantastic. It's just awesome. But can you imagine the noise 160 women make? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's great. It's really competitive. I mean, the, the amateurs yeah. vary handicap-wise from plus one to 36. Um and it's just it's just a great format, and the amount of people who come back year on year, like it's just opened up for next year, and it's all it's already you know half full almost. So I've been really lucky there to work alongside Brian and Tarleton Golf, um, and it's yeah the, this last this last two or three years we've been at El Dompido in Spain, not far from Huelva. Great venue, yeah. two good golf courses, great practice facilities, and it's almost like we take over the place. The and we give it to them. We give them it back after we say, "There you go, look after it well. <laughs> now it's yours." So yeah, it's good. And how many years have you done oh, that now? I think this year was its sixteenth. Wow. Yeah, sixteenth. It's grown, and we now do a mixed one as well: three men, three women. Uh, it's just just brilliant that how it's well bloomed, really. Yeah. So if you couldn't play any of those golf courses that you take your you, you take your golf schools to, what would be your favourite golf course? Well, Denise? my favourite golf course personally would be Royal Birkdale. Anything yeah. actually, to be fair, I'm quite a biased northerner. Anything on the Lancashire coastline's good. <laughs> well, it's, it's not a bad yeah, coastline, absolutely. is it, for golf? Well, Birkdale would be my favourite. <laughs> The hardest golf course I've ever played was Keel Island. Oh, my yeah. God, that was tough. And I'd, I'd like to go and play there again, definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. It's all right, get rid of that. <laughs> right. Uh, prediction for the year, a golf prediction for oh, the year. Prediction to the year. I would love the, LA, the LET to get back on track because we've got some yeah. good players. We, we, it's a tough prediction, but, you know, the, the quality's there. We just some faith yeah. in some some um, good sponsors to to just trust the girls again. It's uh, yeah. trust isn't the right word, but it's just a shame that we worked so hard in in the in, in the early eighties to yeah. all not go wrong, but it just hasn't progressed as we five of the members would have wanted it to. So my prediction is, fingers crossed, that it will get, yeah. they will get better. It will get better. Yeah, yeah I hope yeah. so. I'm with you 100% with that. You know, I remember when I was an assistant working at Moore Park under Lawrence Farmer, you know, we had a lot of the girls come up, you know, the, the England girls and then England ladies and then a lot of the ladies European tour who were also playing on the LPGA or going to Australia or whatever it was, you know, came up and had lessons from Lawrence or just came up and played golf. And the tour was so strong. Yeah. It was so it was so great. And I, I mean, I don't know where or why it kind of went on the it went on the little bit of a fall. And I just I just I just hope the same as you, Denise, that it can get back to where where you know it's on the television on a regular, um, it's on television regularly, live, and uh, you know the the, the 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 women that are actually out there on tour, they are fantastic. The pro ams, not you know the way they look after the people in the pro am is 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 fantastic. Um, they play great golf. Uh, it, it it just needs that. I don't know what it is because if I did, I would. I would I would be more than happy to help, but I don't know what it is that it needs. I just hope it finds it. Yeah, absolutely. The the quality of the girls on tour now is unreal. From what it was in the early days with us, like I say, we were amateurs one day, pros the next. We had no benchmark. But the, the kids coming up through the ranks now, the, the top amateurs are all are mini pros really by the time they, they yeah. qualify and they go through the tour school and it is such a shame that they just don't have anything to play in you know a, a local event for, for us years ago in the early days we we mainly played in 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 britain uh, yeah. we were the first uh, bunch of uh, sports people to go to northern ireland in the tr- when since the troubles and we, yeah. i think that would be 1980 and um, we we went to we went to Belfast. We played World Portrush, and the welcome we got was unreal. And you know, uh, it could get back. I'm sure for the girls. Yeah. It just needs it. It's money. It's all down to money. Okay. okay. So our prediction and wish for the year is for the LET to get very strong oh, definitely. again. Good. Denise, you are you are our um, guest of the day, so you get to ask question of the day. What would you like to ask our Ooh, listeners? Okay. Well, I think really um, when they have lessons, I would they really want to go in with a clear view of what they want, and and always ask the pro, why do you want me to do this? 
you know, how, why do you want me to do that? Because I, I know, I know what happened to me, uh, having some lessons once I, uh, from when I was on tour and this guy was recommended to me as well for went and, and he spoke to me like I understood the movements and the golf swing. I didn't, I knew how to hit it. I knew how to get it round and he baffled me, totally baffled me. And I swore then if I ever taught, I would tell people what's wrong, why it's wrong, and what we're going to do to get it right. And I, people, yeah. when they have lessons, don't ask why. And then what, then maybe you don't see them again because maybe maybe it's we've spoken in a different language to them. And I, I, I would definitely say, if you're going to have a lesson with anyone, say, why do you want me to do that? Explain that to me again. Uh, and I think that would make it easier for that person to understand the changes that needs to be made. So question of the day would be, would I be fair in saying question of the day for the people that take golf lessons, if it hasn't been explained to you in a way that you understand, please, uh, please ask your instructor why. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> question of the day is why. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Denise, uh, where can people find you on social media? I know that uh, I know that we're friends out on social media as well as in person, but uh, where can people find you? Okay. Uh, on Facebook, uh, it's Denise Hastings Golf Schools. On Twitter, it's ha at Hastings Golf. Instagram is Denise Golf. My website is denisehastings.com. Dead simple, really. And Bedfordshire Golf Club is bedfordshiregolf.com but and the holidays oh, is, of course yeah is uh, tarletongolf.com tarletongolf.com yeah. brilliant excellent denise thank you ever so much thank you for literally explaining to me which i'd never heard before your journey the you know the struggles um which in my opinion are completely unfair and uh, apologies from from your male counterparts uh, for doing that. Um, we're not all the same. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, but thank you very much for, for taking us through from your playing career, setting up the ladies European tour. And thank you for, the, for doing that. Um, thank you for everything that you do on behalf of, of, of the PGA and from myself. I know all the work that you put in when you go to the PGA swing zone at, uh, at the Open Championships, and I hope lots of people uh, visit you. Uh, you're doing Carnoustie, I presume? I am, yes. Three weeks down. Three... Yeah. How many how many Opens would you have done now? This is about 14, maybe. Fantastic. Yeah. So you've probably given, oh, it must be going on towards, would I say a thousand lessons? Yeah, possibly. You get, you get four an hour, your session's five hours, and you're there. Eight days. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot. See, someone else can work out the maths on that. <laughs> but yeah, and, and I hope they pop onto the uh, into the swing zone, say hello to you and uh, give us some feedback on this on this podcast. It's been a real pleasure for me to have you on, Denise. Thank you ever so much for coming on. And I look forward to catching up with you oh, soon. Duncan, thank you very much. Um, I'm really pleased you asked me. A bit shocked, really, because it's like there's so many other girls out there and but i'm sure you'll get a few more on it's been a complete pleasure and look forward to catching up with you at some point thanks duncan will do thank you take Cheers, care bye